welcome to competency number five, the bi-weekly podcast on coaching, leading and living our lives with presence. Welcome to season one, episode two. My guest today is someone very special to me. She's coach Whitney Stern. She's a certifying executive coach based in Seattle, Washington. She's a business leader and a yoga mindfulness instructor with a big purpose to empower others to lead, communicate and build strong teams with kindness, confidence and empathy to help establish a thriving company culture. I bring Whitney to competency number five today because she has an interesting and an uplifting story to tell. As a certifying coach, She's undergone a learning curve with presence, active listening, and communicating quite different to the corporate world where she's functioned in a range of roles and at giant firms for over a decade now, including Google, where she still leads one of the largest global advertising and sales accounts. The other thing about Whitney is she's bilingual in Spanish and English, and she comes from a blended family, including Argentine and American Jewish cultures. You're about to learn, too, that she's an entrepreneur at heart. She's run a thriving fine jewelry B2B and B2C company, which grew from 10 wholesale accounts to 50-plus stores at Nordstrom. Whitney's my friend. She's my coach. She's my colleague. Whitney, welcome to competency number five. I'm thrilled to be here, Debbie. Thank you for the warm welcome. You are so welcome. And I know you're on your walk, which is often how we would connect. So it's quite uh, touching and timely and familiar to me that you're on your walk. And I wondered, Whitney, can you tell us a little bit about the first part of the story, which is what inspired you to train to become a coach anyway? What was the crossroad? crossroad that you encountered and how did you know that training to become an ICF certified coach might belong in your future? Such a great question Debbie. I let's see if I take ourselves back to the pandemic and <clears throat> kind of a little bit of change change of roles change of everything going on in our lives it felt like there was a kind of a lack of control and I wasn't really sure where my career was going and kind of what my purpose was in that moment. And I was able to find uh, a coach, obviously. You're the one who came to me. <laughs> lucky, <laughs> lucky me. <laughs> yes, lucky you. And I realized how important it is and how much I had been missing having a champion. I mean, that's really what I think of it as, is having a teammate and someone to help you see the path a little bit clearer or a little bit differently and sometimes challenge or be thought-provoking about everything going on in your life personally or professionally and it was unlike anything I kind of had done before it felt different than mentorship which I have actively at work it felt different than therapy which I've engaged in in different moments uh spits of you know spits and spurts in my life and it just really it really changed me it helped empower me it gave me confidence I think the work that we did together showed me that there's immense value in having someone believe in you and be in your court. So I, you know, thought more boldly and broadly about my career projection and realized this is kind of a nice symbiosis of 
mindfulness coaching, the yoga and business work that I do, and a little bit of the executive component. And wow, this could really be something if I certify in this. So I took the next step. So lovely. I love that description there. So it was almost like you receiving coaching, you having your own champion, and then reaping the results from that helped you see, wow, this has been transformative for me and my life. I lead now. And you didn't say this, but I think you, you've shared with me as, as your friend, you were coaching your team anyway, but there was this feeling of reaping the rewards and feeling how coaching had changed you, inspired you to certify so you could do and train to become a coach so you could do the same for others. Beautiful. That's exactly right. And I and I think I just add to that that I it felt a little bit daunting at first to say, can I really do this? And what does this mean? And does this change your career or rather augment the current career you're in? And I've come to learn that it's such a beautiful compliment, right, to bring a more ethical component and thoughtful um, kind of coach approach to leadership. And I remind the people who I coach that coaching is so important because of the impact it's had on me, which to me is more powerful than ever for you to be able to say it changed me. And therefore I want to help support you, your change. It's so lovely, right? And you're so right. So the more that we coach, receive coaching as coaches, the more that we can uh, empower others but also explain to others what's possible and it inspires us and in how we coach too. I know that there's a learning curve when it comes to new coaching where you're and your training still you're close to certifying with the ICF you've done an amazing job and I'm not that old in this industry either I'm three years and I only certified with the ICF two and a half years ago I think with PCC or two years it's not been that long for me and I know there's a learning curve there it's a very different way to train wouldn't you say and I wondered if you agreed what struggles did you encounter the most along the way and if you want you could pack it into presence or communications or just overall challenges and we could unpack some of what that looks like yeah I'd say I think the biggest challenge for me is the way that I have coached within my organization and understood coaching is perhaps more masked within a mentorship um, kind of lens, right? And within, you know, I'm in a sales and marketing organ, so there are certain ways in which we coach sales excellence and, 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 and how we're working within a marketing and sales organization, so it's a little bit more directive. What felt very challenging for me is sitting back and leading from behind. I'm so used to leading from the front and I feel like I have great ideas and thoughtful things to contribute. And every time I've been a person that people have gone to for questions or support in their personal life, I have, you know, great things to offer. Well, suddenly, you know, coaching is largely dictated by the person who you're serving. And really you're just there to kind of mirror back what they're expressing and certainly push and guide a little bit, but it it felt like such a different paradigm shift for me, Debbie, that Mm. it took a little bit of getting used to, like, oh, being quiet is good. (laughs) (laughs) You you know, I love to talk. Well, that's what we have in common. (laughs) Me too. Yes, and and that's a beautiful thing, but I don't always have all the answers. The answers live deeply within the person I'm coaching. That's also a provocative idea, right? Especially for people who are looking to build their confidence. So I think it's spun the whole concept on its head of what I thought mentorship was, which is like, I know the right way. 
come see my way, try it on for size. No, this is different. So, so what's been hard for me in that at times have been right communication, learning to sit back and be a little bit quiet, ensuring that I'm following by certain principles and competencies like this one to ensure that I'm abiding by the frameworks of, of, of coaching within ICF and um, working with people from all different disciplines and a myriad of challenges. So it suddenly felt outside my comfort zone at moments to be talking to someone who is dealing with work-life balance and somebody else who's dealing with, um, you know, how to get promoted and somebody else who's not sure of their purpose and if they're in the right field and somebody else who's coming back from having been unemployed or just getting, you know, losing their job. What do they do next? So big, big things, life moments and um, feeling like it's a massive job to do as a coach. It is a massive job. Feeling that it's a massive job to do a coach is such a real feeling and familiar to me. And can I share something small that Please. really sort of reminds me of that feeling? When I started off my coaching training through the Madison, the University of Madison's Professional Coaching Certificate Program, I remember as I was trying to learn this craft, and I had never received formal coaching before. I'd been mentored, but I'd never received formal wow. coaching. I was so shocked. I remember asking my instructors, when before you sit down with your client, you get to see what they want coaching on, right? Like they have to tell you. And they said, uh, sometimes, sometimes not. It just depends. And I got really stuck there because it, it shocked to me that sounded like, wait a minute, if I'm a reporter, which is my former training, I would know what I was reporting on before I sat down in front of the expert I was about to interview. I had to. Otherwise, how could I interview them? If I'm a professor, which is the other industry I came in from, teaching a course, there's no way I could meet my class until I knew what they wanted to learn and what I was teaching them. This whole idea that to coach, you don't need to know, actually, what they want coaching on before you meet them. You just need to be with them and explore it lifetime help them unpack what's there build those connections build the awareness build some clarity and co-create solutions what's there for you was that foreign for you at all wit to just know so that you much. didn't really even need to know like it would be nice but you don't need wow. to know you can still effectively coach and not know what they want coaching on yes and two things to that 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 um, kind of sparked something in me as you're talking is that as humans, ambiguity is very uncomfortable, and I think coaching can sometimes be, and that change is uncomfortable, right, mm -hmm. for people in all different moments in their life. Mm -hmm. And I observe that sometimes people have clarity or know that they want clarity, and other times not. And I would go, I've gone into many coaching engagements not being sure what someone's going to throw at me, and can I be nimble enough and flexible enough to handle it and, and um have to be intuitive enough to be able to move towards whatever it is that they bring up in the moment. And I think what's nice about coaching is it brings up the competency of presence mm -hmm. is if you're really present, you don't need to think about the question ahead of time or know the item or issue they want to tackle. It just kind of comes to you naturally as you're connecting with them, which we don't do in this society on the regular no. anymore. And so that struck out with me, but also what struck out with me, what you were saying that, that they've been teaching me in my program is A, B, C, always be contracting. And what I like about that is you don't need to know ahead of time what the person wants to talk to you about. But if you're not super clear after, what, 10, 15 minutes of what part of the call they want to discuss, unless it's 
an, a, a call of airing, right? Which we've discussed at times and at moments is of high value. But the idea of always be contracting is so powerful, right? Like, is this the part that you, you want to focus on today? Is this the part that would bring you the most value? What part of that would be useful for us to dissect? And asking that, mm -hmm. that ABC has mm -hmm. been my, one of my biggest learnings that has really helped me. How does it help, right? And I, can I add one yeah. more question to that ABC? Yes. That yes. helps me. How can, and I'm pretty sloppy at remembering it, but when I remember to ask, how can I help? Or how can mm. I most help? Or how do you want to mm. feel? What would be a great outcome at the end of this call? You know, just even, yes. even those are helpful for the coachy to have it think about it for a moment like maybe they hadn't thought mm -hmm. that part through but also mm -hmm. hearing what they say next helps me with the part we're just about to dive into which is the presence piece if I am clear somewhat I don't need to know much about their problem but if I want to coach the person which is what the ICF wants us to do I need to know how they want how they feel now which I'm about I will be learning about more in a moment right once you get through that first 10, 15 minutes, but also how they want to feel. And that can build my confidence, which helps me be present. What say you? Yes, coaching the person, not the problem, has been the big, one of the other biggest eye-openers. And exactly that. The person doesn't need to know, you know, exactly what it is that they need to, they want to focus on sometimes and often. In fact, nine times out of 10, I've learned that we come in with one thing one idea, oh, I really want to get promoted, when at the end of the day, it's about, actually, I need to feel my self-worth regardless of the outcome, or mm. I really need to feel confident in how I say what I need, even if getting promoted, the cycle isn't going to happen. That's huge, because that, to, to your point, asking how do you want to feel, you know, what would be an ideal outcome at the end is really important, because Research shows that people change when it's connected to the feelings, right? Mm -hmm. um, less about the actual thing. But for me, what is getting, you know, what is moving up to the next level or getting promoted or receiving that job or, you know, moving to the new home? What does all that get you? It's less about the thing and more about the feeling, mm -hmm. um, which has been really powerful for me to reflect back as I coach others. I love that. Word. And I know that presence and staying present especially when we're new coaches and is one of the biggest challenges and I wonder what challenged you the most from a presence perspective as you went through your learning curve to come to where you are yeah. today which is understanding this contract builds that presence understanding to coach the person not the problem so much what was it like as you sort of like I did I and maybe like you muddled through at the beginning how did you stay yeah what were your struggles yeah. with being oh, I present? struggled so much Debbie and I remember talking to you about this is what do I ask next mm. how do I go deeper how do I stay present but also know the right way to lead them mm. do I trust myself is is the I think the biggest challenge for me in staying present the minute I let go and you were a big um, influence in this in saying, Whitney, you know, and you know, your questions are good and your questions are great and mm -hmm. stick with it. You don't need to build on them. You don't need to add to them. You don't need to add more. Mm -hmm. Less is more. You know, you could, yes, you could consider this or you could consider asking it that way, but go with it, let it sit and see what comes. And as I've evolved as a coach these last several months, 
I've observed, it's actually kind of powerful to even say this out loud. I get chills a little bit. The last few sessions I've had with coaches, when I've done that and I've trusted myself and I've asked a question with confidence, just and been very present, so didn't pre-think it out, almost every time they've said, wow, that was a great question. Or oh. wow, a light, a light bulb just went off. Oh. oh my gosh, I am stopping in my tracks. And Debbie, it, it catches me off guard because oh. I didn't even know that what I asked was so deep, you know? How lovely. What's it like, Witch? Well, it feels empowering and has shown me that the best way to get good at coaching is just practice, practice, and keep doing yes, it. Ma'am. And, and trust, trust you mm-hmm. and trust the process. And you, you yes. bring up a lovely point there, like part of presence there's so many layers to it that's why I'm launching this whole podcast because I think there's endless things to say on presence but when when in that coaching role I think that's what trips us up the most right like do I have the right question am I casting it correctly can I remember to not stack the questions um what if I missed something what that was my biggest fear at the beginning I think what if I miss something what if I say it wrong what if I remember did you ever feeling this way? I remember feeling a lot at the beginning and sometimes even still today because I'm coaching through some challenging times that humanity is grappling with lots of things. And I sometimes wonder that I'm not, maybe not missing something, but I might break the person. What say you? Did you ever feel that? And, and, yeah, I mean. Or, or they like come to harm or something. Or I don't know. There was just, mm. I think it's because I, I wonder if coaches – who come in from a psychology background with a PhD in psychology perhaps mm. don't feel that so much. But I didn't come into coaching that route. I came in from consulting, academia yeah. and journalism, you from business and entrepreneurship. It is different, so, right? Very much so. And when the when the content has been around career development or something, you know, a little bit more um gosh, like not where we're stepping into any space that would feel great at all. It's felt clearer, but when there have been quite emotionally poised, you know, topics that a client has brought up, um, sensitive stuff, it definitely feels more heavy and it feels more intense. And it makes me wonder, oof, am I equipped to handle this? Or who am I? Or at what point do you need to refer someone? So there have been those moments. And I've tried to stay, stay the course of, you know, you can touch all different types of topics. No topic is too intense. Of course, if someone would ever be in harm's way, that would be cause for an alarm. But as long as it is safety and their health is okay, it's so powerful to be next to someone while they're just sharing something. Half the time, people and you share this. People just want to be heard and seen and felt. That's right. Um, That's not right. Not even anything massive. You don't need to move mountains. It can just be sharing what's deep in your heart that you haven't cleared with anyone before or in months or in years and something so simple as asking someone what's it like just to say that yes or what's running through your mind as you say that or what feelings or images come up yeah there you go it's so simple Mm -hmm. but it's so powerful Mm -hmm. i asked Mm -hmm. you how that was to have a client mirror back that um be stopped in their tracks with the powerful question you said it was empowering what else what else did it do for your confidence and your presence overall just to see it's these simple moments it's a presence that builds the meaningful moments yeah um it did so much i think it's shown me that 
I can be there for clients in all different types of circumstances and I can add value just through my presence. Mm -hmm. Um, they say, right? Like presence is a presence is an intervention. Your presence is an intervention. And that is so true, Debbie. So so it's really reminded me that just being me is enough. Yes, it is. How beautiful. Well, I'm, I know we're almost at close for our interview today and I'm being considerate of your time. I had the, can I tell my listeners about what happened um, two weeks ago or yet last week? Yes. So yeah. I had the pleasure and honor of being your um, coachee for um, one of your um, exams that you need to submit to certify. And I was just blown away, Whitney, of watching how you, I knew you were already coaching beautifully even before you started your training, but to see the transition in you as a coach and as a person from the first recording we did to the one that we did last week was profound. I'm so, so happy for you. It is as a coachee, as your coachee in that recorded session last week, it was profoundly helpful. It built huge clarity for me. I'm just thrilled for you. And I wondered, what's your guidance to others, either coaches who want to be more present and are struggling with that, or leaders who want to be more present with their teams, or parents who want to be more present with the person they love, or their children? What's your guidance to others who are struggling to be present but really want to? Well, first first of all, the desire has to absolutely be there. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. That's right. That that it's it's almost like the coaching concept of today. Here's where I am. I'm feeling like more frazzled. I'm feeling like I'm on a train that isn't stopping, and I want to be on a train that stops in each stop and looks left and looks right and looks up and looks down. I think for me, getting into the somatic component has been very valuable. I've done that with you, mm-hmm. where we will start a session, and I would tell even folks to you could practice this even without a coach. I'm going to breathe in and out five times deeply, right? And breathing in, I feel the warmth of the air, the coolness of the air. Breathing out, I see a cloud going by, right? So getting, kind of feeling some type of way to ground. If it's belly breaths, great. If it's visualization, great. But something that gets the mind-body connection, I think, is really powerful. Um, And I would say it's all about quality versus quantity debbie i've also come to learn that that we can spend many most of our days not being present but if you choose special time or quality time and whatever that looks like i call it special time with my kids where i'm a working mom not home a lot but when i am home i'm going to be really present with them and i choose what parts of my life i'll put on the side while i'm with them right putting the phone on the side or work on the side and then saying, hey, to one of my daughters, let's spend 10 minutes together in special time. She mm. dictates what it looks like. I'm there next to her. I'm her coach, so to speak, right? Letting her lead. Mm. That's so powerful. And that can be translated to any part of your life, to parenting, to having a partnership or relationship, to having, to being um, more active and thoughtful with your team, listening. The other advice I'd give that I've really learned through coaching is the difference between active one and active two listening. Mm-hmm. I thought I was a good listener, and I think I am, but active two is different. And you and I talked about this. It's what are the silence say? What does the silence say in between the words? Mm-hmm. What about the reactions, the laughter, the chuckles, mm-hmm. the pause, the intonation, the shifting in the seat, Act- the swiveling in the chair. 
<laughs> yes, the the walking, whatever it is, what does what's really going on, and mm-hmm. that is presence. Because if you're an active two versus active one, you aren't able to focus on five things at the same time, right? It's so true. You're listening to what someone is saying, your husband, wife, team, leaders, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we're in a multitasking culture, so it takes a lot of hard work to do that and to drown out the noise, but. That's probably another piece of advice is just trying to do less and be more. I have that on my vision board. Oh, <laughs> I love that word. Well, thank you so much. How can my listeners find you? Yes, they can find me at um, at uh, a couple different ways at Whitney.Stern at Gmail. So over at Gmail and I am working on building out a coaching website and some of uh and which will have its own URL so in the works as I work towards certification and I will um, and I will Whitney refer them to your LinkedIn profile with your permission yes my LinkedIn profile is the best way to find me as well yes well Whitney thank you so much it was such a lovely experience having you on my show my first guest and you have been listening, dear listeners, to Competency Number 5, my bi-weekly podcast on finding our present self as we lead, coach, and live our lives. I'm DG McCullough, and you can find me on LinkedIn. You'll find that link in the show notes. And do take good care, and I will speak with you again soon. Bye-bye for now. <laughs> How did that feel? Amazing. It was so good.